Denzel Washington. Just imagine you're on your deathbed, and standing around your deathbed are the ghosts representing your unfulfilled potential. The ghost of the ideas you never acted on. The ghost of the talents you didn't use. And they're standing around your bed, angry, disappointed, and upset. They say, we, we came to you because you could have brought us to life, they say. And now we have to go to the grave together. So I ask you today, how many ghosts are going to be around your bed when your time comes? This is recorded. I'm joined today with special gentlemen uh, from a special place, another Cam Kirk Studios uh, employee or family member as well, I like to call it because it seems like family there. Um, so without further ado, please introduce yourself. Uh, my name is Brandon McClung. I'm also known as B Media. I'm a freelance photographer, staff member at Camp Kirk Studios based in Atlanta, Georgia. Okay, so your family life, uh, where did you grow up and your family, how many family members in your household? Mm -hmm. So I was born and grew up in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. I'm the oldest of two boys. I have a younger brother, we're five years apart. Um, I moved down here to Atlanta in 2015 to attend Morehouse College uh, with my dad. My dad lives out in Snellville, which is about 40 minutes away. Um, so it's kind of good to still have family a little close by. Yeah. So Pittsburgh, how is it? Cold, um, small compared to Atlanta. Um, doesn't take too long to know everybody or for everybody to know you, which I also think is like the creative scene in Atlanta, um, which I think it was kind of easy for me to get acclimated to it uh, because you start to see the same circle of people all the time. Uh, big sports city. So, of course, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it's also the Pittsburgh Pirates baseball team, Pittsburgh Penguins hockey team. only thing we don't really have was a... Uh, the ba professional basketball team. So that's, that's mainly what the city has. So are you a Steelers fan? 100%. 100%. Do you know Wiz Khalifa? Do you, everybody's going to wonder. Have you seen him? Did you know him? Do you know his family members? <laughs> they going to wonder, like, hey, that's all I know about Pittsburgh is the Steelers and Wiz Khalifa. Uh, yes. Uh, personally, I, I didn't hang out with Wiz Khalifa a lot, uh, but my cousin is Sledrin, who is... Wiz Khalifa's producer. Okay. So the whole Taylor gang, uh, Wiz Khalifa, Chevy Woods, um, all kind of hung out in the neighborhood that I was in growing up. And you know, it's kind of crazy because with this studio, like I um, interviewed Imani Max Berry, shout out to her, and she was saying that her brother was introduced to Cam or knew Cam, and then they threw the concert. Mm -hmm. For Wiz and then Cam, obviously I know all you guys from the studio. He through this, he talked about through different podcasts. Um, it's the real is how I found out about him, their podcast, and he talked about throwing the concert for Wiz and the ups and downs of it. So it seems like Wiz is a, <laughs> a I don't know, like he's a recurring theme of this Cam Kirk Studios, but it, it's pretty cool, man. Shout out to Wiz. We I don't know him, but 
he's out there, man. So what kind of things were you into as a kid, like uh, movies or music? Like, uh, So I'm a super movie nerd. Um, I love movies. My favorite movie is The Lion King, the animated version, not the Beyonce's The Lion King. Um, uh, Toy Story, grew up watching that. Um, I love music as well. I play four instruments, play the piano, the drums, bass guitar, and saxophone. So I guess artistically, I've always been a little inclined. I took a, a, a stab at drawing at one point that didn't pan out too well. Um, from time to time, I can recreate something, but freehand, from the top of my imagination, I was never good at drawing or painting, really. So I guess that's kind of as far as a visual medium goes, kind of how I ended up loving photography so much because it was what I, I was able to be good at that and become great at being that, at doing that. Um, outside of that, I played sports. So I played football, played baseball, played basketball, played volleyball for a year. That was really the extent of my sports journey. Um, I went from wanting to be on the field playing the sport to shooting for my school newspaper, um, doing interviews, uh, writing articles, and eventually taking pictures, which is really how I got my start with cameras. So what's the first movie that you vividly remember? Like, just growing up, like, this is the first movie I really knew. The Lion King. The Lion King, that's why it's special to you. Yeah, that, that movie I would watch every day with my dad, um, whether I was in like, whether I was at daycare or even once I started school, like kindergarten, first grade, it was a daily routine. I'd come home, watch The Lion King. Um, so I knew all the words to all the songs and then eventually I knew all the words to the entire movie. Um, and I'm pretty sure it was before I could actually read well. Um, my mom always told me the story uh, as I got older, she would remind me that we were on a road trip one day and I had this big, you know, Disney used to have the hard book versions of all the movies. So like the Cinderella, Beauty and the Beast, The Lion King, all of those. Um, and so I had the book and I was sitting in the back seat and my parents were shocked that I was like reading the book so fluently. And they turned around in the car and saw that I was holding the book upside down but I could tell based on the pictures what was happening in the story. Um, and so that was how much I loved The Lion King. Man, The Lion King is definitely a classic. I think somebody told me that the new one is number eight, so a lot of people have mixed emotions about it. And I think more so because The Lion King was special to a lot of people, like growing up, especially if you're, you know, was born in the 90s or the 80s, it's like, it's different. It just hits a little different. So. You know, uh, it's hard to recreate something that's so special to somebody. It's like recreating a family member. You can't really do that. Yeah. It's just, like, special. So how were you in school? Like, were you bubbly student, quiet student? How were you in school? Uh, like, I guess high school is the main thing. Yeah, I would say it really depends on who you would ask. Um, I didn't talk a whole lot at first. Um, I'm an introverted person, really. So I wasn't always outgoing with making friends, especially in new spaces. Um, kind of would be quiet, 
sit in the back or to the side somewhere, um, try to get a feel for who I was going to be around for a large portion of time. Um, high school was especially different because I grew up elementary school, middle school, I was in a private school. Um, and it wasn't until high school that I attended a public school for the first time. Um, so I'd only heard things about public school, you know, so it kind of had like this negative connotation to me um, that it was like everybody was wild all over the place like running around. On me. <laughs> pretty much. Um, and I didn't have to wear a uniform. That was probably the only plus side in my mind at the time. Um, but definitely high school was uh, an interesting experience. Um, didn't play sports at first. I played basketball all through middle school. Um, and so high school was the first time that I wasn't playing basketball. Um, so that was a little rough transition for me, um, making friends because I literally didn't know anybody. Um, and I'd say one of the first friends, one of the first friends I made, um, her name's Desiree Parker. I consider her my sister now. Um, we were in homeroom together and she was the only other person that really didn't talk to anybody, you know, which is kind of what happens in movies. A lot of times we become friends yeah. with two people that don't talk. Um, and we were both in like the advanced courses. So it was kind of like, and we were one of the few black kids that were in the advanced courses. Okay. So that was kind of how we really kind of grew our friendship. Um, there she goes to she just graduated from Penn State University um, but we still keep in contact now at least once a week now that we're older um, other than that the I think the next friend I made uh, his name was Arthur um, and he wasn't in any of the classes with me um, we really met through mutual friends um, which was it was interesting how many people I ended up kind of just coming across and becoming friends with. And those really, I would say, out of my whole high school experience of my peer group, um, those two were the ones from ninth grade to 12th grade that I most consistently communicated with, spent my time with. I always gravitate towards older people though, um, kind of like how it is in the studio. I'm like the little brother. Um, but I definitely had like people that I, older that I hung around, Sadiq Roberts, Curtis Pope, um, they were the two, they were two years ahead of me for our school goes, and they kind of were, what I looked at is like, okay, I don't have any older brothers, I'm the oldest sibling, so the only other like huge male example I had was my dad, oh, so man. it was kind of like a middle ground between like, okay, I don't want to be like my dad all the time, mm -hmm. um, and they were, you know, responsible, um, well-liked amongst the school community and faculty. So I said, oh, well, this is a good, good people to be around. Yeah. Yeah. So your confidence level, like, I know that really can shake a confidence, especially, you know, sometime with playing sports, I was gonna ask you, but you said you didn't really play in high school, that, you know, sometimes people can be really, really quiet, but then when they get on the field or on the court, they just had this confidence level, but, how was your confidence level at that time in high school towards anything, like in particular, like speaking to people or just like meeting new people or anything? Because to go from private school to 
lean on me in high school, you know, it's a big, it can be like, I moved a lot when I was younger, so it was like I was the new student and everybody knew each other from years ago or their whole life going to school. Like, how is your confidence level as a person in high school at that time? Um, ninth grade, I'd say it was still, still pretty shaky. Um, I was skinny, had braces, didn't have waves, didn't have a beard, um, relatively short, some would say. Um, so it really wasn't like everybody wanted to hang around me, you know. Um, but over through my time uh, in high school, I think it was important, like the people that I surrounded myself with, um, that's really what helped to grow my confidence. Um, my English teacher, my ninth grade English teacher was the first one that really pushed me out of my quiet comfort zone. Um, because then, at that time, um, I was very musically inclined, so I could sing at one point in my life. Um, and so, Miss McCrell is her name. She found out that I could sing and kind of put me on the spot to, they were doing a cabaret, uh, which is when people sing, it's like musical performance while people eat. Um, she had me sing, there was a Glee club then, like the TV show Glee. Uh, and I became part of that circle, so I almost became initiated into the theater department from that point. Um, having to sing in front of people that I didn't know was very awkward, very unsettling for me. Um, but it was, it was about stepping outside of my comfort zone. Um, that is one thing with confidence, um, is really just having to take that first step. Um, you know, because I didn't know how talented everybody else was that was in the room. You know, so I don't know if I was going to be finished and they were all going to laugh at me, or if I was going to finish and they were gonna be like, wow, that was amazing, or not say anything at all. Um, but kind of what I would look at as inspiration, I would say, as far as my confidence goes and the growth of how confident I am as crazy as people look at me for it, is Kanye West. Um, some people say I look like him. Um, I don't know if there's a photo that's gonna be attached to this, so maybe people can kind of leave in the comments whether they think I look like Kanye or not. Uh, yeah, uh, we could debate, we could debate. <laughs> but he's so unapologetically him, mm. um, no matter what anybody else thinks. Mm. And it took me wanting to please other people for a while uh, to eventually adopt that mindset, um, that it doesn't, it doesn't matter what other people think. Um, and I think it was when I stepped away from the, the theater department, um, because once I, once I was in the Glee Club, part of the theater department, I did their one-act plays, I was in a musical, I was in Footloose my ninth grade year, um, just as an ensemble member, but a lot of people don't know that. So this is exclusive information here. This is uh, recorded. 
And after that, I did the one act plays again in my 10th grade year, did the cabaret that year as well, but didn't do the musical. Um, my, my mom didn't let me do the musical. I played volleyball that year instead. Um, but to have to be away from the people that I become comfortable with for that first year and then get thrown into this whole new group of people on the volleyball team. Um, and these are all people that knew each other already. Um, so I'm the new person in the group again, um, which was uncomfortable for me as well uh, because I didn't know if I was even gonna be good at volleyball. You know, I never, I played it in the sand, you know, when I was younger and I was short. So I'm like, I can't even jump that high then. And then I'm playing with people that are 6'4", 6'5", and I'm still 5'5". You're just only digging, that's it. <laughs> I don't want you to set it or spike it or nothing. So, and then I did that for a year and then stepped away from that. Um, so my life has been a series of moves and adjustments and readjusting. So the, the discomfort a lot of times, just I became numb to it. Um, it's like, I'm always gonna be around new people. And I just mm -hmm. anticipated having to be around new people all the time. Yeah. Um, and a struggle in it is you know, detachment. Like it's hard to become attached to things um, because you never know when you'll be away from it. Um, so I found confidence within like myself. Um, anything that I wanted to do, I was determined to be great at it. So I would surround myself with people, older, younger, black, white, Asian, whatever. Purple, um, anything. To, to become great at whatever it is that I wanted to do. And once I was great at it, you couldn't, nobody could tell me anything. Um, and greatness is relative. Um, but in my mind, from zero, if I go from zero to seven, seven is the peak. If seven is as great as I'm gonna get at it, I'm great. I don't, somebody next to me may be at a 10, but I don't know. I don't know that until I compare myself to them. Um, and that's really how I keep, I kept confidence all throughout high school. Um, moving down here to Atlanta was major change, major change. From I think that's Pittsburgh. Yeah. from Pittsburgh to Atlanta, major change. And that was a significant drop. Um, I would say as far as my confidence went, um, because I came to Atlanta to go to Morehouse College. Yeah. Um, in high school, I became kind of, some would say pretentious. Um, I had a black principal, black male principal, Dr. Wayne Walters. Um, and he was a huge influence in high school um, as far as black men excelling. Came, came every day in a suit, bow ties. I didn't know how to tie a bow tie, um, but I saw him wearing bow ties and I said, oh, gotta wear bow ties. So I went from ninth grade, 10th grade, not talking to anybody really, to 11th grade, 12th grade, walking around with a suit on because it's Thursday. Um, walking around, making announcements over the intercom, everybody knowing my name throughout the school. So as far as like black success goes in my high school, I felt like I'd achieved like the peak of that. I was speaking to my school district board and stuff like that, got scholarship awards, was at award dinners, shout out to Need uh, Scholarship. They gave me a $7,500 scholarship for my 
freshman year to start Morehouse College. They're the ones that introduced me to HBCUs. They took us on a black college tour um, along the East Coast. And I went to this place in Atlanta called Morehouse where I saw black men, all black men, walking around suits um, or fresh haircuts, every, the whole nine. And I went two years in a row and it was the same thing both times. And what I heard on the tour was Morehouse is a, is a place where good men come to be great and great men come to be greater. And so I said, oh, this is where I have to be. This is where I need to go. Um, and so I, I applied and got in and I moved down here and that was it. That was it. I, I didn't plan on ever going back home. Um, but when I got here, I was very much so, I would never tell anybody this, but again, exclusive information. Um, this is recorded. <laughs> I was intimidated when I stepped foot on that campus um, because it is where black men from across the world come to become greater. So I was great in this city of Pittsburgh, but I was the only person from Pittsburgh that was in my freshman class of over 700 students. So my great in my city is, and this is the first time where I started to compare myself to other people. So I have 700 other people. A lot of them knew each other from their hometowns. Um, a lot of them knew students already on campus from their hometowns or from new student events that happened before the school year had started. Um, and I just didn't know anybody. So again, I was in a new place, and it's not like it was a new place in my city, it was a new city altogether, um, where I had to start from scratch, start from zero, knew nobody, um, and figure out who I was gonna be. I was away from home, so there was no going home to my mom or to my dad, really. Um, going home to my dad, saying, hey, you know, had a rough day. Um, but this is comfortable because it's home. Mm -hmm. um, I'm, in a, I'm on campus in a residential house, no roommate. Um, everybody else had roommates at least, you know, to kind of make friends with, didn't have any of that um, for a good portion of my first semester. And I started to make friends eventually, but that's why I really had to put myself out there, um, which became, which was a little uncomfortable because um, you never want to seem super arrogant to people um, when you first meet them. Confident, yes. Um, but at the time, I didn't know the difference between the two. Um, and I think that's an important thing where you can be confident without being arrogant. Yeah, it's definitely like a big thing that in anything you do, you want to be like, I'm the best in here. Because you have to build that inside of you. Even if you may not feel it exactly, you need that push for yourself. I think it's a big difference between confidence and cocky. Mm -hmm. I don't think you want to come in here and say, hey, I'm B-Media, I just want to be, I'm an okay photographer. It's like, no, I'm in here, this is my name, this is what we're going to do, we're going to become great together, mm -hmm. we're going to do this. I don't think nobody wants somebody to come in that's just like, okay. So it's a big difference, and from interacting with you and meeting with you, I never get that, but I mean... In whatever, when anybody plays against Jordan, they be like, I'm gonna bust Jordan Dash today. But you know that's probably not gonna happen. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you just gotta have that. So in Pittsburgh was like the, 
how was the black community there? Was it a lot of black people excelling or what is it like? Because a lot of places, when I came to Atlanta in 07, it was just different because it was like, wow. Like I see, I ride through neighborhoods and see black people in big houses just, and, and they have their name of their company on the side of their truck and they do landscaping or they do anything and they just got, and they just like thriving. And Atlanta is really, really a special place. and. It's also special because a lot of black businesses get started here, and it's a good amount of support. More support than I see hate. I was born in New York, and then I lived in Virginia, but I was raised in California, so I see all different sides of black people and people in general. And Atlanta, to me, has the most support between people. But in Pittsburgh, was it a big, thriving black community, or was more so other races, like white or other thriving in the Pittsburgh area where you're from? Um, growing up, I would say the success rate that I saw in the black community was small. Um, my grandfather was a politician. Um, and he reached high levels of success within his field, going from working in the steel mill to working with politicians. You know, that's a major jump. My, my dad, started two businesses in my 18 years, 17 years of being in the city of Pittsburgh. Uh, paper supplies company, two pizza shops. Um, but those were anomalies, really, within the entire neighborhood. Um, There's a black hair salon on the corner where my dad's pizza shop was, but they were struggling. Um, so there weren't too many black-owned businesses. There were successful black people, um, but a lot of them that I saw were within larger corporate structures. Um, I think in Atlanta, you see a lot of independent, successful black people, um, which there's nothing wrong with being either of the two. Um, it was just, it was a change in experience for me, going from seeing people working for corporate corporate companies where they're in their lane and they're making success within their lane in the company versus, you know, in Atlanta where somebody's like, the skills that I'm using to give to this company, I can have my own company like this. Um, and so that was kind of the, the shift that I got from Atlanta, which made me not want to leave. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Atlanta is just, is special. Like, I think when everybody comes here, like you live in a place and you know a couple like black businesses or shops or they successful when you see everybody that looks like you is like successful or more successful than anywhere you came from in the US or wherever. It's just, Atlanta just gives you that push, that drive, that it's just a feeling you get. I was even just sitting outside like, wow, like, we were from segregation and stuff to Atlanta, the people really like thriving out here. It's just waiting for you, you know, it just was like, wow, man. It's just like, we couldn't be here. Now we doing things like this. Now they have Cam Kirk Studios that's helping so many black and other, you know, just grow and build a confidence. And what I really admire about the studio is that the, it feels like a family. Like it may be a job to some or, some people come create and it's a cool place for them to create, but I think the environment is always welcoming and peaceful. And then just to see that and feel that and be a part of that is pretty, pretty amazing. 
So photography, did you get into it um, in high school or after? Definitely in high school. Um, I started shooting for my school newspaper. Um, the girl that was supposed to take pictures for the football game that I was writing the article on didn't show up. So our editor-in-chief said, you have to take pictures too. I never held a semi-professional camera. It was a Nikon, I believe, and I'm a Canon person now, so shout out to Canon. Uh, <laughs> Give him some stuff for free. <laughs> but I, I started with a Nikon, and all of my pictures were bad. I think there was one picture that we were barely able to use for the article. But I was determined at that point. Like I said, I like to be great at whatever I do. Um, and I was able to write the article. It was a great article, did a great interview, and just had a bad picture. So I said, oh, I'm never going to take bad pictures again. So I went. The camera that we had, I started to volunteer to take more pictures at more games, shoot more events, uh, to get comfortable with that camera. Um, and then I transitioned from the camera for the newspaper, implemented a video department in the newspaper, and then transitioned to work for the school yearbook, um, where I was the photo editor for my yearbook for my 12th grade year. In between that, I did have a small internship, apprenticeship um, under a multimedia startup, Black-owned. Uh, they call themselves Tendaji Solutions. Tendaji is Swahili for one who makes things happen. Um, that's what they told me. I looked it up, made sure it was true. Okay. Uh, but there were three, three African-American men um, that just created content, photos, videos, graphic design, um, one of them, uh, DeAndre, shout out, shout out Big Dre. Um, he's still one of my mentors. The last time I went home to Pittsburgh, um, I met up with him, you know, kind of caught up on what we were both doing. Um, anytime he's in Atlanta, we link up, kind of get lunch or something like that. Um, but that was my exposure to the professional life of creating content, um, shooting a wedding, during that time that I worked with them, I shot a wedding, um, which I had never done anything remotely close to that before. Um, but that was when I realized that this was fun, I was good at it, and I could make money doing it too. Um, so that's when I was kind of like, at first it started as a side, a side hustle. You know, I said, I'm going to take pictures to make extra money on the side. Um, I struggled to keep a real job. That's what people would say, a real job. I started working at The Gap. Um, didn't really like that too much. But I did it just to just until I left for college. Um, still didn't have my own camera when I came down here to Morehouse College. But I told myself, I'll, when I go to college, I'm going to be a photographer. Um, and again, that's when I started to compare myself to other people. Because you step foot on campus, uh, everybody has a camera. You had the, the, the upperclassmen. You know, two guys running around. They were called the AUC cam. Um, everybody knew them. Everybody wanted to be on the AUC cam. Um, then you had a couple freshmen that were in my class that were kind of getting their name out as the photographers of my class. And I said, oh, I'm behind. Like, this, is, this isn't going to work. So it wasn't until the end of my fall semester of 2015, I came home for Christmas, back to Pittsburgh, 
and my granddad had, had bought me a camera, a Canon Rebel T5, shout out Canon. Give him some stuff for free. Um, and they, well, my granddad bought that camera for me. Um, and to this day, that is still the camera that I shoot with. Um, so that was 2015, 2019, so about four years now I've had it. Um, and I went back to Morehouse, came back to Atlanta, wanted to shoot everything. Um, all of my friends, I had them, everybody would wear suits, you know, wear suits, take pictures of that, go over to Spelman for Market Friday, take pictures there, um, be at Clark Atlanta for Market Thursdays, take pictures there. Um, and that was really kind of how I started for the most part, which is lifestyle, event photography, and then in the summer after my 10th grade, not 10th grade, my sophomore year of college, oh my gosh. Um, summer after my sophomore year of college, I was still in Atlanta. I was taking summer classes um, and I connected with uh, Berto Horn, uh, also known as the perfect gentleman. Uh, he was someone that I looked up to. Um, he graduated from Morehouse was successful social media influencer and I was just curious on growing or establishing at the time my brand you know I said I want to be a photographer in Atlanta see people do that um, what what should I do like can I take pictures of you and so he told me he said yeah he said uh, there's this Morehouse grad that uh, one of his one of his friends one of his homies that has a photography studio here in Atlanta I said okay um, he was like, yeah, they give a free hour. He said, you should look into it. Uh, his name's Cam Kirk. I said, all right. So I looked into it, um, looked up the studio, saw that they offered free studio time. And at the time, Cam was also doing Collective Gallery, which was the summer, which was a summer program that he had done where he was personally mentoring a select group of aspiring photographers. Um, I wanted to apply to Collective Gallery, but I had summer classes, so the schedules conflicted. But it was August, beginning of August of 2017, that I did my first shoot here at Cam Kirk Studios. Walked in this building, walked through the door, Keenan was there, Kavinci, uh, shout out to him. Um, and I did my first shoot, had no idea what I was doing, really. I won the Collective Gallery giveaway, got a free t-shirt. Um, that was good. So I was still part of, wanted to be part of Collective Gallery. So I got my t-shirt while I was here, uh, did the shoot. I never shot with studio lights before, nothing. And so Keenan kind of helped me set up the lights, um, learn the right way for the most part for the shoot that I was doing. You know, I was shooting with a crop sensor camera, uh, kit lens 18 to 55 millimeter comes with the camera nothing super fancy um and that was my first time shooting in the studio and i said oh wow i could do this you know then i started to look followed the studio page on instagram um and then i saw they were looking for interns so i applied to intern at the studio hadn't heard anything back so I booked the studio to do another shoot for one of my friends for her birthday. 
shot on a black backdrop this time, which was different than the white one that I shot on the first time. Didn't even know I could switch my backdrops. Did that, went in to go edit my photos afterwards because there was this vignette in the background. Um, so the backdrop went from dark gray to lighter gray. And I didn't understand why that was because I thought I was shooting on a black backdrop. Knew nothing about lights then. Um, so I tried to edit the photo. Backdrop ended up looking navy blue. I said, oh, this is terrible. <laughs> At the time, I thought it worked though. I said, you know what, as long as they all look navy blue, it's okay. And I did one more shoot, or I planned one more shoot. Uh, and in the in-between time, I had actually ran into Cam at Walmart. He was leaving out of Walmart. I was on my way in. I said, are you Cam Kirk? And he was like, yeah. I said, I applied to intern at your studio. I said, I haven't heard anything back. So you like, had to run down on him? No. <laughs> it's just, I'm just playing. You just added that. Hey, man, I'm just wondering. <laughs> it, it, it was just chance that I ran into him at Walmart, of all places, really. Um, and I told him, I said, you know, I said, looking to intern at your studio. Um, I had applied, hadn't heard anything back. So he told me to send my information again. Uh, and two days later, I heard back to set up my interview. I was interviewed by Keenan and Dex. Shout out Icon Skrill Davis. Um, they did my interview, and I believe I started like that next week. That was October of 2017. Um, so that was how I started, and I've been here ever since. Man, and what you said earlier was important about using your school to leverage yourself because I listened to a um, podcast called Earn Your Leisure. It's a business podcast that everybody should listen to. It's two um, black entrepreneurs. One is a financial counselor and the other one is a teacher, I believe, but they interview and let you know about different business, like things that, like they speak our language, like mm -hmm. black culture, hip hop references, and they tell you about things you need to know about if you wanna go in different business ventures. And they talked about J. Cole going to St. John's at one point. And he went to, uh, what he would do was, he would open up for all the acts he got on the student board or some type of board, and he would open up for all the acts. So when he went to like propose himself to other people, he said, hey, I'm J. Cole, I opened up for Kanye West. I opened up for these different people because the school would have a budget to get different acts. And he would say, hey, I'm J. Cole, I opened up for this. So even though you didn't have your own camera, you use the school to leverage yourself to get these things that you needed. So it's just important that like, when there's a will, there's a way. Like you could find out a way from literally scratch from nothing. Like you didn't have a camera, you got to use it. J. Cole would just like, hey, uh, I'm an opener for this person because technically he was, but he was a part of the school board to book different acts and then put himself in the forefront. So to people out there, just try to leverage yourself any way possible that can really, really help you so in the HBCU, what is the importance to you of it now? Because it seems like you almost stumbled upon it almost, in, or you know, you talked about the, the different people that mm -hmm. showed you and y'all went on a black college tour. Like, 
what does it mean to you in the experience of an HBCU or Morehouse in particular? Mm-hmm. Um, HBCUs through the experience that I've had um, <clears throat> has been finding yourself. Um, and it's one thing to find yourself through uncomfortable situations, um, which you get that anywhere through life. Um, but specifically at HBCUs, you see people that look like you, that come from all different walks of life. Um, and they all are here for the same goal, the same reason, you know, which is to get an education. Um, but you have so many social experiences. Um, and that's really where I think people find themselves the most, is through the social experiences that they have. Um, networking, that was, that was a big thing. Um, my public speaking skills increased. Being at Morehouse, um, professional confidence, that was, kind of, that was instilled more while I was at Morehouse. And just being able to be, again, confident uh, in my abilities. I gave tours on campus and I went from being soft-spoken because I didn't feel like I knew enough information about the college um, to having the presidents, you know, being able to stop the president while I'm giving a tour, have them speak to my group. Um, all, of those, all of those things, uh, socially, I would say, the social components that you need in life, um, for me, I found through like experiencing HBCUs, um, experiencing people at HBCUs, different black people that look like me. Because in Pittsburgh, for the most part, everybody was kind of similar, you know? Like you knew the background that everybody came from. If you grew up in Pittsburgh, there were certain things that as kids, we all did. Uh, Versus the friends that I made in college, having one from Maryland, one from South Carolina, one from North Carolina, like all these different places where Growing up, we were all completely different people. I think if we all would have met each other when we were eight or nine, we, we wouldn't have been friends. Uh, but just kind of those skills, you know, to comfortable, you know, being comfortable to make mistakes. You're around people that understand you a little more than, say, if you were at a predominantly white institution. Mm-hmm. Um, and to just have that, that comfort around to step out a little more um, and learn more about yourself, more about myself as well. And I think it's like with HBCUs are different. It's like you feel like an uncle or a cousin or something is talking to you when they correct you or something like it doesn't feel unknown. It feels like, hey, I'm a little comfortable. Like he reminds me of this person or something like that. But like you said, if you had a predominantly white school or institute, whatever, it's like, well, y'all don't really get it. The same I can't express myself the same to you. Or they might even tell you, well, you shouldn't talk this way. You shouldn't, you know, dress this way or something like that. Because I really love to dress, like, comfortable, no matter where I'm at. I just want to be comfortable. That's it. So if I go to an interview or anywhere, if my skills are good enough, it shouldn't matter what I wear. It shouldn't matter about a lot of things like that because it's just like I'm good enough to do this job. Like, focus on what I can do rather than what I look like or, you know, depending on what you're doing, of course. But 
it's just it's like it's different. The HBCUs give you that confidence, definitely really like builds you up. So you said like you know it seemed like fate, like your fate was to be here, because you didn't get in at first, and then you ran into Cam Kirk at Walmart of all places, and then y'all talked, and then you got in. Um, so after being around everybody, what does that do to your confidence to have people help you become a better photographer? Um, the most, the, the, the biggest takeaway that I've gotten so far um, has been being more confident in my own abilities. Um, kind of like I said on the on the panel when we were at the gathering spot uh, being here has allowed me to be comfortable to fail um, to try new things um, studio's two years old and I've been here for majority of those two years so seeing the growth of the studio in the early early times in the studio so that October November first two three months here uh, we weren't as as busy consistently um, but I would still be up here every day. Um, there were no clients then. I would want to try light setups. I would go on Pinterest, put together Pinterest boards of different light designs, pictures where it's like, okay, how do I get my lights to look like this? And I would try it in the studio. And, you know, Keenan would be in here, Dex would be in here. So that looks, that looks dope, you know. And it was a lot of times there would be stuff that I would try that they, they may not have tried. So they're like, let's, let's explore this together. Um, and then, you know, as the team grew, more interns came in, you know, different personalities, new ideas, um, just welcoming all of that. Um, you know, everybody's style is different. Like, there are no two people in the studio that shoot the exact same way. Just like there are no two people that got the internship the exact same way. Um, yeah. So you take all of these different people, um, from different walks of life that have different end goals, um, but everybody is here to create and to get better with their skills. And I think that's one thing that, as my skills have gotten better, um, I've learned in talking to Cam, talking to Marley, talking to anybody, really, um, has always been to be confident in what I know. Um, so now when clients come in to the studio, instead of me going to find Dex or find Keenan, like, hey, can you help them with the lights? You know, I took the time to research, you know, the different light modifiers that we have um, and be confident in that to where when someone is asking, hey, my picture's coming out like this, what can I do? Um, I can give them the information on how to change it confidently. You know, one thing is that you know, we talked about it briefly at the beginning, um, is that we're here to help, you know? Like, Atlanta's one of those places where it's not, I got mine, I'm gonna keep it to myself. I don't want you to succeed, you know? Mm -hmm. So when we're inside of here, clients that come in, you know, they're trying to get a certain look. If I know how to achieve the look, I'm gonna help you set it up. Yes. You know, if your picture's not gonna look like my picture, and my picture's not gonna look like the reference photo that you showed me. Mm -hmm. But if this is your inspiration, we're gonna get you as close to that as possible so you can put your look, your feel, your vibe on this concept that you're trying to bring to life. Um, and so that's really, 
the most important things um, as far as creating and you know the confidence that I have in creating now uh, is to really just know that I know the things uh, that I've taken the time to learn. Um, just like in school, you know, you may study for an exam. The more you study for it, the more time that you spend with that material, the more confident you are when it comes time to the test. You know, like people aren't born as tutors. You know, you, somebody's a tutor for you for a subject because you've taken the time, they, they've taken the time to really learn and master whatever that subject is. So it's the same thing with photography. You know, there's always more to learn. Um, but I take the time every day uh, with what I have to become better. Um, you know, this, the camera that I have is a Canon Rebel T5. You know, that's many, many, many models away from the Mark III or Mark IV that Cam shoots with. You know, but I still am able to, to know that like the same lights that Cam uses to shoot with his Mark IV are the lights that I need to know to take the best picture possible with yeah. my Canon Rebel T5. Yeah, yeah. And it's important that you said, like, being able to fail. I think people really, you don't know how great you are until you fail and try it again. Mm -hmm. But if you learn something from your failure, you can get better. Like, all the greats, like, I think I heard somebody say before, um, I think it was Charlemagne or somebody, it was like, Instagram and stuff, we only see people highlights. Mm -hmm. We only see what they put on there, what they let us know. We never see the failures or the down moments. So it really gets you depressed or less confident when you see nothing but, oh, the brand is doing this and, you know, I'm just still here. And, you know, it's like we didn't see those early days of you shooting. We didn't know about the yearbook. We just think, you know, you came out and you were a natural photographer, but. It's important to fail and then keep going because you never know what you can be. You could be, I think everybody, like Jay-Z's one of the top people, like nobody really liked him in that era when he came out, like 96. So Biggie was big, Tupac was big. Nobody didn't really look at Jay-Z like that. And a whole bunch, like anybody you like, they have been at the bottom. Mm -hmm. But we see them at the top now. We didn't see the grind. Maybe they talk about it now, but it was rough, you know, Puffy or anybody that was really, really trying to come up, we didn't see. I've seen videos of him, like, yeah, I got a label, it's called Bad Boy, man, check it out. And he was around the HBCUs in different places, letting people know, like, hey, it's something coming out. But now we just see him as this big mogul guy, but we didn't see the bottom, bottom. So it's just important, like you said, to fail because uh, failure really gets us to a better place. But, you know, for me, I know creating helps me keep creating. You know, like on Friday or so, before we set up the interview, I was just sitting there like, damn, I don't know what's going, where I'm going with the podcast, or I like photography, but I'm just working this job and I can't stand this job. And it makes me feel down, like, damn, this is all I am right now. But when I create more, it builds that self-worth, that confidence. It makes me feel like I'm doing something more than just working a job. When you are in those times of feeling down about where you at or something like that, what helps you get out of that funk of like, I'm just here and maybe feeling like I'm not gonna go any further. What helps you get out of that funk or who or anything? 
Um, well, at first, when I first felt like I hit like a, a stagnant point, like I'd hit the ceiling um, with my photography, I was still working another job, you know, interning at the studio. You know, the studio was my escape, like my release. So I was in school, I had a job, I was working part-time at Staples, um, and I would come intern at the studio whenever I could. And I really just wasn't happy. I think it was one day where it was, it was really nice outside. Sun was out, it was warm, and I wanted to go take pictures outside. And I was stuck at work. And I said, I told myself, I said, this, this isn't what I wanna do. You know, I don't wanna be here miserable at this job when I could be out creating. So that was 2000, December 2017. I really just started interning at the studio, but I quit. I, I quit Staples and told myself at the start of 2018, I'm gonna figure out a way to make money using my camera. Um, and so that was when the work began of like bettering my craft, because I was charging $75 for a photo shoot then. And I would tell myself, my quality needs to get better if I want to make more money. You know, if I want to charge more, my photos have to match the price that I want to charge. So I went through a few fluctuations of pricing. You know, I jumped my price up to $100, you know, because I'm shooting in the studio now. And then it was, my quality was getting better. And I think it was finding stuff that I was passionate about creating. Um, that, was a, that was another thing. Um, some photographers post their paid work, you know, like that's, that's what their page consists of. Like they do maternity shoots. That's all you're gonna see on their page is maternity shoots. Um, I don't have a specific genre that I would say I, I shoot. Like I'm not a wedding photographer. Um, I can do maternity shoots, uh, so I'd like to say mostly that I'm a portrait photographer. Cause I can shoot outside, I can shoot inside the studio. Um, but on the, the times where it was slow for business, for me personally, that was when I started to hit another phone. Because like this is okay, it's a little more pressure on myself now because this is how I need to make money to survive really. Um, and I wasn't getting business all like that. But then I had to remind myself why it was that I picked up the camera in the first place, which was to create, you know, to, to share with people the way that I view the world. Um, because I'm an introvert for the most part. I can't, I don't know how to use my words all the time to convey how I see things or how I feel about things. Um, so I started to take my friends I had one friend um, from the time that I had my camera. I, first time I got paid to take pictures was to take headshots for her. And we grew from there. Where it was like networking across. You know, I would hit her up. Hey, do you want to shoot? She would hit me up. Hey, I have a concept or I have an idea. And we would go, we would shoot it. You know, and that was before I was working at the studio or anything like that. Um, and then once I was here at the studio and my quality started to get better, I brought her into the studio. I said, hey, let's, let's do this. Let me test something out. So I, started to ch I began to challenge myself more. 
I see something on Pinterest, like, oh, I want to try that. It was always the push to, to grow more, whether I was getting paid or not. It was, I would always tell myself, I have the most fun creating when I'm doing something that I haven't done before. Whether it's shooting somebody new, using a new light setup. For months, at the start of 2018, all that I did was try new light setups. You know, whether it was an umbrella, softbox, I dedicated an entire month, the month of, I want to say, February. So at the start of 2018, I really just told myself that I was going to dedicate a month to trying new things. I had like a new theme for the month. So like February was, no, it was January, sorry. January was light, light setups, mastering lighting, simple lighting. One light setup, two light setup, three light setup. Every chance I could get, whether I was shooting Keenan or I brought somebody in the studio, it was like, I want to try this setup. And then once I felt like I had mastered that, I moved on to creative lighting with the color gels and things like that. Uh, so I started to study that, um, found different setups for that. And one of my most notable shoots, in my opinion, and I think if you ask most people, uh, was a Valentine's Day shoot that I had done um, with the colored gels, rose petals, red and green lights on a black backdrop. Um, and I, I reached that point and I had done those photos and I said, oh, this is it. You know, like I, I understand lights now. I can move on to something else. And then my next thing was retouching. You know, so how I edit my images, um, because I see all these magazine spreads and things. Everybody looks like they have super clear skin. And I said, I know all of these people aren't born with super clear skin. No. So what is this What is this stuff called? Like, And I heard people say, like, retouchers and stuff like that. And I'm like, I don't know what a retoucher is. Um, so I looked it up on YouTube. Um, and I watched this video of this, this Indian guy. I don't know what his name is. I don't remember. But it was the first retouching video that I ever watched. Um, and with that same shoot with the roses was my first time retouching in image two. And it kind of had this fantasy look to it, which for that shoot worked perfectly. And I was like, this is how you retouch. And the next shoot that I did, I tried the exact same technique and it did not work. Uh, so then I had to go, so again, failing. So I went back and I said, okay, I can't edit this shoot like this. So I went back and I had to get more specific with my search, um, how do you retouch black skin? You know, because I shoot black people. Yeah. I said, you know, maybe that's the difference. And sure enough, a whole different set of videos that I found. Um, and those were what I watched and months. Really, I won't even say I mastered that in a month. Um, all the way from March until October of 2018, really. I would say that was all time that I spent trying to find what I would say is my style of editing, at least. Um, my style is still growing as a photographer, um, but the quality of work that you see on my page now, I'd say, hasn't, wasn't consistent until October of 2018. Um, but I would always push myself. I would find myself in slumps where uh, I, don't, I don't know what I want to create. I don't know what direction I want to go in. 
I see everybody all over the place, you know. That's the one thing with being in the studios. So many people are in so many different areas of photography. Cam shooting artists, Keenan shooting sports and artists, John Cannon on concert tours, bringing stuff in the studio, uh, decks, high fashion. You know, it's like all of these different areas. It's like, I want to do it all. <laughs> but I got to find somewhere, you know, to, to focus in on. Um, you know, one quote that pops in my head a whole lot when I start to overwhelm myself um, is you could be good at a lot of things or you can become great at one thing. Um, and so that's kind of why I just focus more so on like my portraits. So on my page, you won't, or on my website, you don't see too many full body pictures. You know, I can do it, um, but my focus a lot of times are, are portraits. And anybody that you see, any work that I post normally, um, which is opposite of a lot of photographers that I know, isn't paid work. I don't, any client that pays me, not that I don't love the pictures that I take of them, I do. Um, but I use my Instagram feed as inspiration for myself. Um, so any, any face for the most part, any of the women that you see on my page, um, have never paid me for a shoot. Um, I reached out to them. Um, I found something about them. A lot of them are my friends. I will say that. Um, they are my friends. All of them would argue with me and with anybody that says it that they are not models. Um, I just, it's, it's art to me, you know? Like, it's, it's how I view the world. It's how I see the people that I interact with. You know, like I think all of my friends are art. Um, and it's just them trusting me to take the vision that I see in my head and bring it to life. Um, and, and a lot of them have escalated beyond shooting pictures with me. You know, it was like pulling teeth, getting most of them to shoot with me for the first time um, to most recently, um, my best friend. She was, would still argue, probably up until this past weekend, that she was not a model. Um, and we needed, I needed somebody to come in for our lighting workshop for the studio. And I was like, I need you. Like, I need you to come in and do this. Um, and she modeled for the whole workshop, um, which was beyond my camera, beyond any other camera, photo shoot or anything. This is, these are strangers yeah. taking your picture right now. And to just see the growth uh, in her from our first shoot ever to this one now and the few that we've done in between, you know, it's a consistent thing. So I always like to joke uh, with anybody that I talk to that says I'm not a model. You know, I let them know nobody on my page is a model. Like I made them a model, yes. you know. So I would probably start selling T-shirts since hashtag <laughs> I make models. Um, Let's get it out there. <laughs> Definitely. But... I don't know. It's just good to hear your story and your confidence. And you have been around and shot celebrities. Tell me, how are you? Because, I mean, in Atlanta, you see celebrities a lot. So you kind of could get comfortable with it. But, like, who is the first celebrity you were, like, exclusively around or different celebrities? How are you around being around that, you know, this person you see in a big light often? Um with being around celebrities in general, uh, I take a very, 
I don't I would say unique approach than like most average people I guess um, I look at celebrities like regular people um, so like how most people would like fan like super fan overseeing Meek Mill or 21 Savage you know I I just just like okay like for me personally it's just like this is this is a, a dope moment for me but I always have to make sure that I can get here again so you never want to overstep or you know do too much um, because ultimately most times that I'm around them is for a job you know so primarily I'm there to do work um, so as far as celebrities go that I've been around which in Atlanta, Hoodbridge, Pablo Juan, um, who, when I was in Pittsburgh, I had heard, like, Hoodbridge, I was like, Hoodbridge, Pablo Juan, I remember rapping his name in some songs. Um, and so that was the first, that was the first time, and I was with uh, John Cannon. We shot him, John shot him for Marbeck. Um, it was a lookbook, and I did, that was my first time, like, assisting on a shoot. I was doing light, lighting design, stuff like that. Um, and then I worked as I worked with John Moore um, and Cam, being around Cam, Gunna, Lil Baby have been in the studio. Congratulations. Um, uh, oh, yeah. Recently. We got, the, we got the plaque, platinum plaque in the studio. Come by, check it out. Yes. Um, who else? 21 Savage. I've been around 21 Savage a few times. Um, who else? Most recently when I shot the 21 Savage concert um was around future was around little baby again um little dirk um also in the studio i've seen q money light skin keisha shout out uh, to Skrill davis icon um but i would have to say <sighs> i've enjoyed each experience so much but when Lil Yachty was in the studio was probably my personal favorite. Lil Bo. Um, because I remember first time ever hearing of uh, Yachty when he did One Night. Um, and I said, oh, this is a little, you know, this is a nice little song right here. It's a cool saw it on bot. SoundCloud. Yeah. Um, and he just was, all, he always seemed so unique um, as an individual. Himself, really. And so it was just like, to see him in the studio, he was one of those, he was one that I was most curious about, where like, as a celebrity, what is he like as a person? Um, and when he came into the studio, he was super chill, like was laughing and everything. It's always, you know, you want them to feel comfortable. Um, and he did, we did an interview with him, which you can see in our latest version of the studio journal. Uh, issue five, come pick it up at Cam Kirk Studios, limited edition, only 300 copies. Get yours now. Nice little plug there. Uh, <laughs> In a free hour at Cam Kirk Studios. Absolutely. For anybody wanting to create, what's your excuse? Just get here. That's it. Um, but his interview, his interview was the most entertaining. Um, a couple of my friends that, you know, like Adrian that works in the studio. Um, he actually did the interview. And in some of Yachty's answers to the questions, 
um, afterwards, Adrian came up to me and was like, yo, he literally answered questions just like how you would answer them. And yeah. that, was, that was super cool because it's like, you know, I don't, I'm not a celebrity. You know, I'm just like a, I'm an average person. Um, and Yachty was answering questions, you know, because he is a regular person. But it was like, man, like, I think one of his answers was like, he hates being alone, you know? And I was like, man, I feel, he said that. And I said, yo, I feel that. That is me. Um, you know, and it's always just kind of cool to see, like, similarities between me and, like, some of these people that I've been around. Like, Savage, I haven't seen him talk a whole lot, you know? And I don't... I don't talk a whole lot, so that was cool. Uh, I was on set um, when Cam shot Meek Mill. Um, a few others, a few other shoots. Those are those are always fun, um, fun experiences. People that I used to listen to on the radio, seeing them in person, um, and just you know, just really pushing myself to be like, I, I want to get here again. Like when we did the, I worked with John on the 21 Savage Forever 21 collab. Did the lighting lighting design for that. And Maddie did the fashion? Yeah. Shout out to Maddie. Um, and I told myself, I said, you know, I said, I want to be able to shoot one of these campaigns one of these days. You know, that's that was one of my goals, which is very interesting how, like, once you streamline your thought on something, um, as long as you're generally working towards it, it manifests itself. Um, before I was interning at Camp Kirk Studios, I remember I was sitting in my apartment, you know, scrolling on Twitter, and I forgot which one of John's pictures it was, but it was like it was circulating as a meme. Um, and I saw the picture, and I was like, yo, this dude John Cannon is taking some very memeable pictures. I said, I wonder how he feels about that. I said, one of these days, I said, I want to get into a space where I run into him, you know, to, you know, I was close, like, because John, one of my big brothers now, um, and it was just only a year ago that I was sitting there like, man, like, if I ever met this dude, I really want to ask him. Um, I just remembered that I was supposed to ask him that, so um, probably by the time you all listen to this, I will have the answer to that question. I'll probably text him tonight now. <laughs> yeah, it's just, you know, like what you said, like for me, with the podcast, I like to interview people I think that's interesting. And I mean, right now I don't have the reach for celebrity, but even when I do get to that point, I really enjoy talking to interesting people mm -hmm. because they are a celebrity because of fame and maybe because of financial, but at the end of the day, they're an ordinary person. They're going to be just, just like me. It's like you, they hurt the same, they bleed the same, they do everything the same. And it's just, for me too, I always was told and I heard too, sometimes meeting a person that you really, really like is not good. Because like, it could be a bad experience. They could be busy, they could be running late, they could be in the airport and it may be like, hey man, get out of here. And you're like, yo, I never want to meet this dude again. This is all you're gonna know from that person. So I also told myself too, like when you meet somebody, give them their space. Like I met Cam and Cam is like, man, for me, his photos are very amazing and cool and great, but I think his being 
from what I've heard from podcasts and different things and how he plays the background and let other people flourish, that makes me more like, dang, he's like a really somebody I would like to learn from or be around. Mm -hmm. But I, I met him maybe two, three times, but I always just say hi and keep moving because I told myself, like, I don't want to really bother somebody until I deserve to be in that space. I want to be like, hey, we're all in this room because we do something, not because you just do something, we do something. So I, like you said, I want to deserve to be in the room. I don't just want to be like, hey, my cousin got me in and I'm about to just talk to these celebrities and take a picture and say we working, coming soon and all this stuff that everybody does and you never work with this guy and nothing like that. So I think that's very important what you said of just like, I'm going to get here. I'm going to, you're going to get that photo shoot for this magazine or this store or anything. You're going to do it. So it's just very important to know your worth and know like your abilities and where you're at. You know, mm -hmm. just because you're here don't mean you have to stay here. But just wait until you get to that bigger point. But for you, like, this studio is really just a creative space and a good, like, environment and everything. Like, what does Camp Kirk Studio, like, the people, really, like, the different, Kavinci, like, Skrill, Icon, man, Maddie, everybody, man, um, Marley, like, um, and I know y'all had a domestic violence, um, like, uh, nonprofit mm -hmm. uh, recently, you know, which is beautiful. And I know that, that guy is a lawyer. I don't know his name exactly. John he, J. Rose. He's a lawyer, black lawyer, doing big things. And, you know, this studio is just like, for me, like, I'm into photography. I'm trying to get better as well. But it's just the being of young black people and people lifting up each other. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it's really like I went to the workshop with Ryder and um, Skrill, uh, for like just basically intro to photography, like, mm -hmm. hey, this is ISO, this is this, this is that. And then just being around, I went to, when y'all had y'all talk at, you know, at the creative space, like everywhere, like what does it mean to you, this studio and the people? What, mm -hmm. is, what does it mean to you? Um, studio is my home, I say that. And just like any home, uh, the people in it are family. Um, I don't, like I said, I'm the oldest sibling out of my biological siblings. Um, so I've always wanted older siblings. So, of course, Cam, I look at Cam as like big, big brother. Um, Keenan and Dex as well. Um, Marley, work with pretty much every day. Um, and then even the, the younger interns that come in, um, just watching them grow. Uh, their their confidence, their skill level, their abilities, um, because I see where I was just two years, a year and a half ago, you know, and so I kind of pushed them as well, you know. I just joked around with a couple of them yesterday. Um, I see they're they're getting into the color gels and the creative lighting, you know. So it took me back to the first shoot that I did with it, seeing four lights set up in the back. I said, you know, so it, it took me back, um, you know, to where I was like, okay, like, let me let me start doing something again, because um, I find myself getting caught in my head a lot of times. Like, I need to do, I need to find something new, find something. What's next? What's next? Um, instead of really enjoying where I'm at, a lot of times. So, 
you know, I feel that family, you know, that's, that's the big, that's the big thing with the studio. Um, you know, everybody has a home, home away from home. Um, and you know, for creatives, Cam Kirk Studios can be everybody's home. You know, you come in there, you know, just to enjoy the, the ambiance of the space, catch the vibe that's in there. Um, you know, and find what, what your craft is. You know, creative directors, makeup artists, stylists. Um, Cam Kirk Studios has been my introduction to Atlanta, really. Being at Morehouse, I was introduced to like the college environment. Uh, but being in the studio has expanded my horizons to what the city as a whole has to offer. Uh, you know, from celebrities to everyday makeup artists or hairstylists or aspiring designers. Um, everybody that comes from different walks of life to be in the studio, um, to come create, because essentially what we all want to do is, is create, you know, tell our stories, share our, our content with the world. Um, and anything that, that we can do in the studio to help with that, we, we like to be able to do that. Um, and, you know, shout out to everybody in the studio, you know, that's the family for real. Um, special shout out to Imani, you know, that's... Imani, Max, we check that, uh, this is recorded episode out, Max Berries, thank you. <laughs> you know, she, uh, that's, that, that is like my sister, like, I'd say as close to siblings as I could act with anybody, um, is, is kind of how we are, um, we go back and forth, we'll both be in the studio, you know, one of us could be wanting to be super serious and just work. Um, if one of us is like that, the other has to come come be a bother. You know, you're not working on anything right now. You know, do some real work. Um, you know, and, and that's, I think that's, that's part of the vibe that you catch inside of the studio. You know, is this not work? You know, you may go to somewhere else you know and people are just uh i'm at work today you know just another day on the job you know that's it's impossible to have that energy you know in the studio you know a place where as a creative you work in a creative space you know so you're you're doing what you love to do there's no reason you shouldn't be happy to be here and do that you know and marley's a great person that like keeps my energy right i'm from brooklyn new york <laughs> Shout out to New York City. Shout out to Marley. You know, he he helps, you know, me, me keep my head on right, keep my, my energy right for when I come into the studio. You know, because I'm not going to act like, you know, everybody has a great day every day. You know, like whatever happens outside of the studio, you know, Marley will always tell me, like, leave that outside. We'll pick it back up once we're out the studio. You know, but this is this is the time. The time that we're in the studio is where we do what we love. You know, so there's no reason you shouldn't be happy doing those things, you know. And then just like any home, you know, I bring I bring my friends, you know. So I got my friends that I, that I made while I was in school, you know, bring them into the studio. You see them on my page, you know. Uh, Trey John was one of my first models. Um, Tyra, another one. Kendall. Um, and then it was just like, these are people that I knew every day, you know, and then I wanted to start reaching out to people, you know, so most recently reached out to Storm, 
energy super high. She's super amazing. Um, where I just reached out to her like, hey, would you like to shoot? I'd like you to model for me. Now consider her one of my one of my close friends. You know, uh, another girl, Ariel. She's a stylist, uh, fashion designer. Her work is super dope. Um, check her out on my page as well. Um, she does. She was another one where she was looking for a photographer, and I was like, let's work. You know, so just networking and not always looking looking up. You know, like Cam has his his circle of people, and the way I look at it is, me and Cam are almost ten years apart in age. So, you know, his, his network is going to be different than my network. So let me find people that are on the same plane that I'm at right now and bring them together. You know, Tyra, you know, she's, she's a model, but she also acts, you know. So it was like, I don't, I don't want her to just model for me and I not be able to do anything, you know. So I bring her to the events, you know, so she can network as well, you know, may find a potential job opportunity or something like that, you know. So it's just about taking the, the resources and the access that I have um, and, and spreading it out, just like Cam did for me and everybody inside of the studio. You know, it's, it's important to, to take all of that and give it back out, let other people be able to grow, establish themselves. You know, it's, it's, bigger, than, it's bigger than me. It's bigger than the studio. You know, as, as creatives, it's important for us to all have the support to keep creating um, and that's that's what I look to be um, be media you know be be media what's the B stand for you decide I like that I like so before I get into my last question mm -hmm. what how can they reach you Instagram website um, oh, yeah. I want to create with you I want to pay for you to make me look beautiful and <laughs> Show my light to the world. I need you. How can they get you if they need you? Uh, you can reach me on Instagram, uh, underscore B dot media. Uh, that's the period. You don't have to write out the word dot. Uh, I'm on Twitter, B media with two underscores. My website, bmediastudios.com. Or you can come up to Cam Kirk Studios. I'm here five days a week. Um, really, seven days a week if you, if you request me to be there uh, you reach out to me whatever way call up to the studio ask for me um, I try to be as available and accessible as possible and just what I love really about the studio I really believe in vibes vibes is a big thing but I think everybody could really feel if you step in the room if the energy is not right and what I love about this studio is like I lack confidence in photography or just anything when you see people if you watch um, icon Skrill Davis uh, if you look at his Instagram if you look at your Instagram if you look at Kavinci's Instagram if you look at Maddie shout out to Ryder she just had her own showcase if you look at all these people it could be intimidating when you meet these people but from everybody that I've met here down the cam it's always been love it's never been like Hollywood like yo what up get out of my face it's always been like hey nice to meet you what are you into? You know, it's really like, and then, you know, you get familiar and you see people and they're like, hey, I've, I've seen you before. And it's just like, it gets that family feel. So you're definitely a part of something special. And then I know you, they talked about, you know, in the lecture that I went to growing, you guys are going to grow because this is just, it's the uh, 
the roads that grew from the concrete. You know, you're in an area where it's, you know, inspiration. It could be, if you look around sometime, it could be sad when you go outside these doors. But inside here, you could see that light that shines in the studio, and the studio is going to grow to be something great, but it is deeply rooted, and it has started in Atlanta. And it's just, I can't say enough about the studio. It's, it's more than photography to me. Mm -hmm. The photography is cool and is great, but the love and the admiration between you guys is amazing. And the creativity in that space, in the, those walls, the Cam Kirk Studios, where you can go and book yourself right now, and you can get your free hour, or you can just go to a workshop. You just finished a workshop. Congratulations on lighting. You and Kavinci, you know, I'm pretty sure there'll be more workshops for everybody that missed out. Y'all need to go get into a workshop and learn or support the studio in any way possible, because we all need support. Like, you know, it, I think it kind of get messed up in a black community sometimes. Like, hey man, like, oh, you take pictures, bro? Like, shoot me for free. like. I mean, it's cool and I would like to, but like, I have to eat, you know? It's like, this is, some people may have kids, some people got big responsibilities. We gotta support each other and really, you know, try to pay for things. But I can't stress enough that you could possibly get a free hour, but you should also pay for it. Like want to pay for something that's creating and it's really giving to a good cause and going somewhere. So shout out to Cam Kirk Studios one last time um, and I just like to end it off and like I believe in speaking things to existence and really getting it going for you and something's going to be great out of your life and what you're doing so speak it to existence right now where you will be and where you'll be going in the future that will make you happy oh, uh... it's a loaded question it's kind of hard, but you know, just basically, I guess I can narrow it down for mm -hmm. you five years right now. Oh, so okay. maybe I'll narrow it down. Speaking to existence, where you'll be in your journey of life in the next five years. Five years? What would I be? I'd be 26 by then. Um, published. In the next five years, I'll be published, have my work published somewhere. Um, will have had my own art gallery art show or two um, and those are the, those are the big two we talk about me being happy um, if, I can, if I can be published have my art shown somewhere my own art my own show um, those would be the two things that would make me very happy as far as my creative career goes Yo, there it is um, I'd like to thank you for taking the time out and thank everybody in the studio and this is recorded.